let's say you took all these names here, Lamb of God, Jesus, which means rescuer, word, bridegroom, Lord Almighty. He is all those things as the great I am, which means he is all those things timelessly. He is all those things personally. He is all those things in who he is without change. Praise him. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco's Sermon Podcast. This is a message from our worship service on Sunday mornings in downtown San Francisco. This podcast is a ministry of our church, and we're praying it's useful for you and for the kingdom, for the praise of His glory. Today's scripture reading is taken from John chapter 17, verses 6 to 26. I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours. All those who are mine are yours, and those who are yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you gave me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they, have, they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I gave them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have also sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. The glory you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, those you gave to me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, 
that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all this morning. So wonderful to see all these faces uh, in the sidebar. But let's jump right into the scripture this morning here in uh, John 17. Oh, that's a lot of text. Oh, it's a lot. I know. And I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. This, this, this passage, this prayer, this, this last moment, this, this, this insight, this, this vista of eternal, of an eternal God talking. I, I, I really feel inadequate. I, every, every, you know, it's funny. Each week when I've come to this point, just to speak about these very things, I feel this sudden kind of like. Ah, like this this moment where I, I I don't I just don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I I mean I, I I know what I hope to do. I, I I know what I'm called to do, but I don't know that I know how to do it. And and that is to somehow bring us to the place where we recognize Jesus the way He is. We we recognize we see God for who He is, and we worship Him. And 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 that is that's my goal. My and that is what I hope for in this moment, in this time. That that somehow, in some way, mystically and amazingly, by faith, God will make Himself known here. And that that's what this is all about. And that's why we hope, even through this medium, this strange, you know, medium we're left with the Zoom, that we can do this and we can hope for this still. So each week, as you know, I'm trying to kind of plundering this and plundering the text. And one of the things I want to touch on is one of the more mystical Kabbalistic parts of the text. If you're familiar with the Kabbalah, it became very popular in Hollywood in the last 20, 30 years. And, and what an idea is, is that uh, the Hebrew language is, is actually represents some ideal language of power in the universe. And this idea uh, came out of all sorts of weird um, uh, rabbinic mysticism from uh, the Middle Ages. And the idea it assigns to the Hebrew language and each word in the Hebrew language of uh, numerical values, and maybe you've heard of the Bible code and things like this, and a lot of a lot of nonsense comes out of it. But a lot, well, the nonsense comes from something called the name controversy. Now, and what I mean by that is that take a look here in our text. It happens four times here. You'll see. Uh, you'll see. There's name, name, your name, and the name. There's four times here in this text. Uh, is this reference to the name and some sort of abstraction. And this happens a lot in the Bible. It really does. It, it, there's something about the name and, uh, and the, this idea that, that sometimes is traded on uh, that, the, uh, that uh, the name has mystical powers or something, and that we, if we know God's name, we, ha we, we have some sort of access to eternal things. It's, a, it's an ancient mystical idea. It's very real. Now, I think it misses the mark completely. It completely misses it. But there's something you can see where it comes from. Um, so so I, I remember this. Uh, um, uh, you may perhaps you remember from the Ten Commandments. Um, that in, in, in the Ten Commandments are the concentrated moral code of love, right? And, and they're divided into two parts. There's the Godward part and there's the manward part. But in the Godward part, in, in the parts that's describing what it, what it means to have a, a moral life, it says, uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, in an empty way. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. 
Now, if you look at the Ten Commandments, that's the only commandment with a threat. It's the only commandment with a warning. And so that, that, that lingered in the mind of, of the ancients and the ancient Jews very, very strongly. It's the only command with a, with a warning. And so what does it mean to, to, to take God's name in a vain way? Now, there's actually, it's worth reading. It's, uh, Charles Williams wrote a book about this. It takes kind of that, that, that Hebrew mysticism to the next level. And uh, it was a book called War in Heaven. And in the book, it was written uh, about the turn of the last century. And, uh, and it, in it, uh, the, the bad guys, the, the, these, uh, these satanic forces, are trying to say the name of God, the name, the special name, was sometimes called the Tetragrammaton, which is the four syllables. Let's take a look here. If we, it's the first, it's this right here. This is called the Tetragrammaton right here. Yahweh. Y-H-W-H, sometimes that's J-H-V-H, but J and Y and V and W um, get, are very close in their, in their phonetical, phonetic sounds. So anyway, uh, that's called the Tetragrammaton. And then Charles Williams, uh, a wonderful story, uh, these satanic forces are trying to say the name, the Tetragrammaton, backwards and without meaning. And if they could say it backwards and without meaning, they can undo the, the forces of the universe and awaken some sort of satanic destruction. Pretty wild, huh? And, uh, and it's kind of a cool concept, but, but, it's, it's, but it's just a story. And what, what is it trying? It's trying to get it. Why the warning? Why the name? Now, the name of God and the way the name is used, this idea of the name is so big in the Bible. There's this idea that, that, that the name itself and calling upon the name of the Lord and and uh, and we, we just sang, your name is a strong and mighty tower, and your name is a salvation, and things like that. that. That's the way that's used. And you can see why there's this mystical idea. But in this weird zeal, and I want you to follow this. This is kind of important. Um, in, this, in the weird zeal uh, to, 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 to obey that one command and not fall into judgment, the ancient scribes did a very odd thing. And what they did is they did what's called a tukuni soferim. We're going to look at this more later. And what they would do is everywhere, everywhere in, in the Old Testament script that you get this Yahweh name, they would take the vowels from Adonai, E-O-I, E-O-I, and they would take them and they would put them in these, in these vowels. They would put them into the, into the vowels and they would come up with this word over here, Jehovah. That's where we get the, the when the, when the Germans did their translation of the Old Testament, they, they didn't realize that the, these vowels were supposed to get you to say Adonai when you're reading the text. They didn't know that, that was the scribal tradition. And they didn't know what the scribes were doing was they were keeping people from ever saying God's name accidentally. You see, it was, it was put all these vowels from Adonai were put in there. What does Adonai mean? It means master or Lord. And so in our Old Testament translations, even to this day, you'll see in all caps, it'll say Lord, L-O-R-D. And that all cap uh, Lord in your Bible is telling you this is that Yahweh name. And they're still, for some reason, our translation even to this day, they continue to obey the scribal, the scribal preference that you not say God's sacred name. Where did this name come from? Well, that's what's so interesting then, because our best linguistic guess is this word Yahweh, it sounds like the verb to be, and, and it sound, its form is very much like it. 
And why would we be excited about the verb to be being attached to the name Yahweh? That's so common. (laughs) Good grief. If I, if I teach you this, Yahweh, was it Yahweh um, Devarim or something like that? That's 5% of the whole Testament is just that expression. uh, And the Lord said, uh, and that, that's that's how common that name is in, in the in the Old Testament. It's five percent of the whole Old Testament Bible. So so uh, but so when 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 so remember when Moses meets meets God, he meets him at the burning bush. And um, what is the miracle of the burning bush anyway? Is it that the bush is not consumed by fire? Well, that's kind of remarkable. But I think the the miracle, if you, you might miss it there, it's not really that, is it? It's it's that there's a fire that needs no source. There's a fire that needs no source. And that's where this name, and where God calls himself to, to uh, he tells Moses to tell them, the I am has sent you. I am, what is your name, Moses says. And God says, I am that I am. And so there's a, there's a well, it, it hints at the timelessness. So take a look here. Now, in John's artificial Greek construction, that I've been using, uh, I've been using as a translation. We know ego I me. These two words in the Greek are I I am. So we've been translating it I am, and you'll notice here that here it is in our text. It's down here in verse twenty-four, and it's used again up here. I can't see it because you guys are in my way. Oh, it's right over here, over there, and the uh, just in verse sixteen. And so. John uses over and over again. And the reason he does this, he's trying to make a theological point. Okay, so what is the point of the name? If it isn't some magical incantation, why are we constantly told to pray in the name? Pray in my name, says Jesus. You know, what, what, where does, what, what's going on here? Well, I think the idea that's going on here is, in, is right up here in the top. In the, and I have it in blue. I have manifested your name, that they know everything. They have given them your words. They have received them, have come to know, and they have believed. What is, what is going on here? The I am is an amazing living name. And the idea of God having a name, we can't miss this. The first of that he's called the I am means that he is not subject to entropy or change. It's timeless. This, to me, this, I just kind of get jazzed about this. God gives us a name. He's saying, know me, and we're going to look at that in a second. But even as he says, know me, he, he's um, his name itself removes him with the I am outside entropy. I am outside space and time. I am. Uh, it's the it's the thing we can't say because we always were, always are becoming. We're never. We there's no, we're subject to change, and and to transformation and to, to decay. But he is not. He is greater than space and time. I am not of this world. He's saying, and his name says it. Our God is timeless not subject to entropy in time. What else does it tell us? Our God is not, though, a force. He's not merely an abstraction or a distant abstraction. He is, and he's right there, immediately available. The idea that God has a name is, is his humble offering of himself, and, it's, and, and an offering in relationship, our, because our God here is a person. Uh, He's in relationship. He can be known. And what's, what, what's happening here? This is an invitation to faith. Through his name comes living knowledge of the living God. Why, why was God so eager we not take his name in vain? Because it, that's the idea of taking his name without relationship to him, without hearing and knowing and recognizing that his name is the offer to know him 
this offer of access. It's an offer of intimacy. It's an offer of relationship. You see, he gives us, he doesn't hold back his name. He, he reveals who he is. He, he, he comes out, he leads with it. And he leads by telling us his own very holy name, the great I am. I, there's something about this that just burns with life for us. And I want us to get excited about it. But then he doesn't, but he doesn't stop there. Because his name is, it multiplies in the Bible. His name and, and the many names by which he's called it. You know, I always wondered, um, you know, my handle's Messiah. Um, you know, that, that part, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. And, you know, I, you know, the, the, just, just that, that the, 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 the rhythms and the beauty of that song when you're singing it and it's majesty and you all, all you're doing in that song is just announcing the name, the name over and there's something even, even, uh, the, the world doesn't know him loves to loves to announce his name like that in that song. It's so majestic. What, what's going on here? The name of God multiplies. Look at this. This is, um, this is, this is everything that God is. Is that's what that's what his name his name does. There's many different places that his name comes. The different the different shapes and 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 forms that his name takes for us and our different circumstances. It it, it and so I was it was uh, this morning um, when I when I was getting up this morning and I wanted to you know, want to go to a place of worship and, and to prepare for our time together in the Word and uh and i was and i put it into practice i just started taking the name lord of glory lord from heaven most high god lamb of god and then these are all way ah oh, it just pops open the heart and it, it it's this extraordinary availability of god and access and all of god for all of us is in his names and one name above all names, the name I am, because he then he is every one of these things. Let's say you took all these names here on, in front of you, Lamb of God, Jesus, which means uh, rescuer, word, bridegroom, Lord Almighty. He is all those things as the great I am, which means he is all those things timelessly. He is all those things personally. He is all those things in who he is. <laughs> and uh, without change, praise him. I well, and there's something here. And if you haven't done this study, if you haven't, th this is a great, a great comfort in days like this, in days of chaos, in days of, of uncertainty and fear, uh, the, the greatness of the name. I, I just, I can't get over it. In fact, if you, if you follow this trail, as you pull this out, it reminds me of like, remember the, uh, like the, the old um, little magician's trip where he keeps pulling a scarf? out of like somebody's pocket, one color after another, one color after another. That's what the Bible's like when it comes to God's, these beautiful pictures of the names of God. They just, they keep multiplying. But then in, in, in the heavenly vision of the triumphant Christ on the white horse, guess what? He's got a name. He has another name. He has names we don't even know yet, it says. He has names that will yet be revealed, new ways that he can be discovered and understood. It, the name. <laughs> Wow. And, and, and okay, so what are we going to do with this? Well, I want to do exactly what Jesus does, right? I want to go right back to this text. And, and, I, and if you're captured by some of this wonder and some of this idea of God, uh, the greatness of God that's revealed in his names as the great I am and it's all these many things, then follow how Christ uses it. Because in this very text, I think he uses it in an amazing way. So what's the basic line here? You're being invited to know the living God 
receive him. Accept him into your heart today. I'm serious. Hear him as while he can be found. He has he's approached you with his name, which is saying, I am available for you to know me. Know him. And if you've been walking away from him, know him. And if you have wandered a long time, know him again. And, and if you're having a hard time seeing him today because of uh, your fears about tomorrow and what's going on in our culture, look at all his names and return again to your joy and, and to the joy of your salvation. This will multiply your worship. But what does this, it's kind of amazing what Christ does with it because he does some kind of interesting things. What he does is he, through his name comes living knowledge of the living God. He believes that. And there's three things that come, three miracles, that we may be one together, that's the first miracle, that we may last through it all, that's the second, persevering uh, of us all. And third, there is the third miracles that we become, we may be a people of love. All right, let's say, so first thing is, through his name comes the living knowledge of the living God. Are you ready for it? It's unity. It's unity. You know, I... Uh, I I remember years ago that um, sometimes it, unity was not very popular for a long time because a lot of times people use the concept of Christian unity to get rid of essential truth. In other words, we can be unified as, as long as, let's say, we say that um, uh, the Buddha and 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 uh, Allah and and uh, and Brahma are all names for God together. And we can achieve unity by sacrificing uh, the identity of God. I hope you can see that that would just, it's such a violation of this, right? It doesn't, that doesn't, that's, that's not the path to unity. The path to unity that's being described here originates in his very character as one. Look at, look at this, look at, look at in verse uh, 11 here. Uh, Holy Father, keep them in your name. Keep them in your name, all right? Right here, he's praying. And this is the first miracle he's asking. Remember, because Christ is asking that they may be one. That's the first great miracle that comes out of his name. His name, his name is, as, as, as and, and let's return now. To, we can go right to, to uh, you can look this up later at the end of Matthew. Christ says, go and baptize them in the name. He uses the word singular of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one name. Don't miss this. <clears throat> here, that, that it is God's essential oneness that his name calls us to know him as one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so his oneness is oneness if it's in us, if he's in us, and if we know him by name, what does it do? It creates oneness amongst us. Uh, so what's our, so I want you to miss this. This is what Christ asks for. What's the lesson here today? Well, we need to be asking for unity. I, I'm, I'm say, I think it's one of the great miracles that we come to him in his name. It's one of those great mighty things because it ain't going to happen apart from a great miracle of God revealing himself in the world, revealing what his name truly is and how it's to be worshiped and praised, that he is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there's no other name under heaven by which you may be saved. Now, <clears throat> this... This, this, this is the first great miracle he's praying for. It's the first great miracle we must pray for. You know, we have to beware of unity and oneness that comes because we're all allied by a particular kind of culture or by a particular set of beliefs that, you know, that even just kind of make us feel similar. We have to be very, very careful that because we, that our, our unity is to be essential. It is to be the identifying mark 
of a spiritual reality coming into the world. It, it has to be the great spiritual work of God. Because if we chase unity and we don't chase him first, we'll come up with a unity that's, that's full of compromise. But if we chase him and chase his name and his, his unity as, as God, uh, then, then, it, then it changes us. And that's exactly what he's claiming here. Uh, you know, and something else kind of teased me here. The oneness comes out of keeping them in his name. And, and that's exactly what it says. And, it, and it's, by the way, it's for a proof. And we're going to look at this more, unity. We're going to look at that more as we unpack uh, Christ's desire for the church and his prayers. But what I want you to notice here is, let's go back to the Ten Commandments. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's how I remember it from the King James. Uh, uh, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Hear this. How do we misuse his name when we are not committed to unity? When we are not committed to unity together, we're not committed to, when, when, when we gossip, when we, when we say, when we, we speak ill of each other, and we, we, when we talk behind one another's back, we despise a brother or sister. What are we doing right there? We're violating the name that keeps us, the name that unifies us, and we misuse his name. It, it, things just start opening out of the scripture here. That I hope you can see it. So, uh, and, so, uh, it and so as his name... Uh, we are, we're united here. We're united in worship, aren't we? And worship and wonder and this kind of explore, exploration and explosion of knowledge, the knowledge of God that comes in his name. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, though, because what's the second place Christ uses it? So he uses it. His name is the basis of unity. And, but he also uses it. So the second great miracle he prays for, and that is that we last through it all, perseverance. Look at this. The second place is used is the name. Uh, I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. Uh, what's this? Uh, I've kept them in your name, and you gave me. And that, that the idea of being kept in his name guards us somehow. It guards us. What, what does this mean? Uh, how does the name guard us? And, and, and what does it do for us? I, I, um, this idea here that that, that what, what's what's happening here? Oh, by the way, it's a tonic, so you know the hatred of the world right here, and the evil one, uh, the devil, and the evil one uh, are are uh, are refuted by the name. But what, what's the what's the first message here? It's a it's the message of his persevering grace. I want you to hear this. Um, his name is his name is the the fact that we know his name is the gracious offer of immeasurable grace. Hear that. In other words, if you're hearing this today as a message of, from God through my voice, maybe you're hearing a recording of it much later, I don't know. But when you hear it, that means that God has given you a chance. In other words, he's, he's, he's continuing to reveal himself to you. Look here, I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except for the one the son of destruction. Um, you know, they say there's an exception that proves the rule, Right. And not one of it, but nobody else is lost. The exceptions have already been taken care of. There are no other exceptions. You will persevere in the name. You will endure. This is the second great miracle to pray for. It's the second great miracle that Christ himself prays for for us. And it's the second thing we have to be praying for is that we can keep going through it all. 
lasting, I mean, continuing when, when against hatred and against hatred in the world or against the power, a demonic and intelligent, purposeful evil powers that seem alive in the universe and, and threatening us, not just seem, but are. You know, what are we going to do? Well, we, we are guarded in the name somehow. How, how, how can we pull this out? Well, I think the way we pull this out and the way we really begin to see it is um, just what a utility knife it is. Let's take a look here. This, here's, this, here's this poster again. Um, I, I actually had one of these when I was in college. And uh, it was um, somebody actually bought it for me when I, when I described it in a sermon. It's kind of funny. They had it framed and given to me. It was in my office. It's, it's in storage now. But it's just these names. And I remember just having this publicly in my life, like in my, on my wall, was an amazing uh, 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 tonic to the heart. Uh, I mean, a persevering tonic. We were kept in his name. In other words, the, I was, look at God's name, uh, all the way he, he's, it, it, the names he uses here as a kind of utility knife. Uh, look, uh, so there are times you need a sanctuary, right? There are times we just need wisdom. He is wisdom. There's times we need truth. We need his truth. There's times we need love. There's times we need an accurate judgment. He is the judge. There's times we just only need to know it's all about mercy. He is the gift of God. There's times we need to know about his power. He is the Lord Almighty. And there's a there's a beautiful, in, all, in, the, in the huge revelation of who he is, there's, a, there's this um, enormous kind of uh, utility to every dynamic and every feature and every play, dark place of our lives. We need to take God's names into our lives. They have persevering power. And as we call on him, let's pray for persevering power for each other that we will last. And let's own the name and be kept in it because as we kind of uncover and, 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 and open up the name over and over again, we will, we will be fed. Well, this, is, this, is, this is good stuff for per, his persevering work amongst us. Let's look at the one more, one more place he looks at the name here in our text because there's the third miracle. The first miracle is he prays for unity. That is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit where we're gathered together under his name and worship. There's no other name by which we may be saved. Secondly, uh, the second great miracle is that we'll last. We'll make it through. We'll persevere to the end. We won't, we won't fail. We won't quit. We're all by nature quitters. And even if we aren't quitters, then we persevere in our own strength, and it just becomes just as bad as quitting. And uh, it's not of the Lord. And what we want is something that perseveres in him. And in his name, there's all sorts of keys and tokens and, 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 and beautiful communications of his love, persevering love. And it helps us to persevere. The third great miracle is, is agape. It's the creation of love. So let's take a look here. It's the last place he uses the name. Look here down here at the bottom in verse 26. I, I made them know your name, and I will continue to make it known. And, and, and if he continues to make his known name known, what happens? That the love which you love me may be in them. What happens, what happens if we continue in the name? So we first remember we prayed for unity, that miracle. Second, we prayed for persevering, his persevering presence, that miracle. What's the third miracle? What's the product of a persevering knowledge of God and his name? It creates love. And first John 4, 8, his name is love. God is love. I I I I what are we going to say? What are we going to do? What is this? That the love which you do you love may be in them. And I look, you know, we're, we're, we are face, we are facing irritability. I, um, you know, I, uh, 
I have received now <clears throat> uh, several very, very careful, detailed instructions about what it means to clean the sink. Now, I've heard this several times in the last couple of days now. Now, I know, I've learned about what it means to scrub down the sink, what it means to clean the sponge. When it, now, what's going on there? Well, it's, it's two people living in close quarters and dealing with each, with each other's uh, habits in the kitchen. And uh, what's going on there? What's, 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 uh, we get irritable. We get irritated with each other, right? Now, we all know that, that, that and we all, we, all can, we all can agree that, uh, that Tao is probably more justified than anybody else in being irritated. But, but quite, all that quite aside, quite aside from that, we, we do, we get, we get twitchy with each other. And, and how will we continue? How will we continue to continue to surrender and sacrifice what we want for ourselves, for others? How will we continue to hold on to our lives, but not hold on to them in a way that doesn't, it doesn't leave them open? And uh, we're not afraid of dying. We're not afraid of the death of the people we love. How do, how do we continue in love and, and, and impatient suffering with each other and impatient endurance and, and care? How do we, how do, in the name, it's the name. As we continue to as we continue to know it and discover it, we, it, it will continue to shape us. And you know what the name winds up becoming? The name winds up becoming the fulfillment of Isaiah fifty five eleven. His his word goes out and it never returns to him void. How much more so is his name? You see, his name marches out into the universe. His name of Savior, Redeemer. His name of the lover of our souls. <clears throat> Uh, one of the things I'm most afraid of is, um, remember that in introductory thing about the, the Takuni Soferim? You know, is that we're always ready to trade um, knowledge of God, knowledge of the facts, knowledge of our theology for really knowing Him. And, uh, and our theology can get in the way of that. And, and the, the, those scholars, as the ancient scribal tradition, um, was so dutiful was so dutiful in erasing the possibility of saying God's name accidentally by the Takuni Soferim that we ultimately lost uh, what the original pronunciation of the name is. I mean, we gather that Yahweh is the best way to pronounce it, and uh, and and but isn't that isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? In other words, in all of this, it, it would be possible to know God's name or names and not know Him. There's a possibility of rule keeping that that misses that just the offer of the name is grace. Like that God is offering to be in relationship with us to begin with is nothing but the, the, the bleeding edge of an abundant grace, a mercy reaching out of time and space from eternity to love that which did not love him. To persevere, to cause us to persevere with, 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 with not with last with him to be unified with what doesn't know what unity is. I want to I want to come to the last Takuni Soferim that I want to talk about today. Look at Genesis 18:22. Now, so the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. This is God on his way to judge the uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham still stood before the I am. Now, that is the translation, actually, um, that uh, the way the ESV translates it, and many people do. And but what they did right there is this is actually a Takuni Soferim, and there's an alternate reading here because the, the rabbis changed the reading because the original reads and they admit it, but the I am 
stood before Abraham. And that word stood before is, that's the word of a servant. And so what they did is the ancient scribes corrected Genesis 18.22 to read so that it did not look like God was serving Abraham and what they missed and what they always missed and what we can miss even in our theology is that we have been offered the living God and he is in living in love, persevering present love for us, available to us, that available, that having humbled and given and given. You know what he gave you? You know what he gave you and me? his name. We call him, we call him Father. We call him Savior and Lord and Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you revealed your name to man. That you revealed who you are in love. You revealed who you would be in saving love, that you would reveal yourself as timeless and yet so available. And a wonder of wonders. You you just you just gave you just gave away your name. Forgive us for misusing your name by not calling on your grace all the time when we sin. Forgive us for misusing your name by perceiving a threat and not your love for sinners. Forgive us for misusing your name by not uh, pursuing the unity of the church and unity together. Forgive us for not. Forgive us for misusing your name by not celebrating your name over and over again and listing your name and calling on your name in every form you give it to us in the Scripture. Father, oh, we have misused your name. We didn't use it, (laughs) and we didn't see, and we didn't come to the grace abundant in it and proved by its availability. No, Father, we repent. We turn away from all that with eager, as eager children to call you Father, Papa, to call you Daddy, to call, call upon your name, to call you Wonderful Counselor and Prince of Peace, Great Comforter and the Great Shepherd, my Shepherd, my Savior, my Resurrection, my Mom's Resurrection. Father, I praise your name. Oh, your wonderful, wonderful names. We pray now today for unity together, for a persevering love that will last through it all, And we pray for an abundant continuing in love, that the kind of love you had, a kind of love that is patient endurance and and great joy in each other. For Father, we don't want to be removed from you anymore. We want access to your grace and joy. We want to know how easy it is to know you. Be easy to know, Father. And for anybody calling on your name for the first time, let them know they've been answered. For we have come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Praise him. Coming First Presbyterian Church of San Francisco and guests, what do you believe? We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For further information, please feel free to check us out at firstpresbyteriansf.org or come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1015. We meet at 110 Embarcadero, just a block away from the Ferry Building, and we can't wait to see you.